0: Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Cody Tucker Show. As always, I'm your host, Cody Tucker. If I seem a tad bit out of it, um, (laughs) I have fucked my back up so bad. Um, I was helping like move a giant fucking pool table and felt like... Something in my lower back <laughs> go from like this to this. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck happened. But if I move out of the position I'm in right now, it feels like I'm being fucking electrocuted. Oh, my God. So have not slept uh, in the past two days getting a Teensy bit delirious. <laughs> so, might make for a more interesting uh, episode. I don't know. But I am... I'm like... Like, anytime... If I, like, bend over too much, like... Oh! It's like... It... Oh, fuck. It, like, takes my goddamn breath away. Uh, I'm one day away from <laughs> just... Fucking chewing up Vicodin like I'm goddamn Rush Limbaugh. Holy fuck. Um, so, yeah. So, that's what's been going on in my life. Uh, nothing very interesting. <laughs> um, God damn. Alright, so, let's just go ahead and kick things off uh, before I break into fucking convulsions. Um... What is... And what's crazy is that I'm such a bitch. Like, anytime that something bad happens, or like I feel any kind of like pain or discomfort, my immediate thought is that this is how I'm going to be for the rest of my life. (laughs) So like as soon as my back did that little fucking pop, like slip feeling, immediately in my head I was laying down like, wow, I'm going to have to get used to this for the rest of my life of having <laughs> my back which in reality, within a week, I'm probably going to be back to feeling completely fine. And, I mean, all I got to do is just do a bunch of, like, stretching, sleep in a good position, you know, ibuprofen, all that kind of shit. But in my head, I'm thinking, like, I'm basically, like, gonna... If I sneeze too hard, I'm gonna become a paraplegic. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. Boy, it is fun living inside my brain. God damn it. Alright. So, enough about me and my bullshit. Let's, uh... Let's move on. See what's going on in the, uh... In the world. Um... All right. Oh, shit. (laughs) This is a fucking good one. Um, So, in case you haven't been keeping up, um, Wayne Brady, known for hosting the TV show Let's Make a Deal, has announced that he is pansexual. (laughs) And judging by the hat-shirt combination that he's wearing in this picture, um, no big surprise. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, look. Whatever, wh- whatever makes you happy, Wayne Brady. Whatever you feel like you need to tell the world, so that they remember that you exist. Hey, go for it. I just am super confused as to what pansexual is. Um. Okay. In in okay. So in my head, what I thought pansexual meant. which really just shows either my ignorance or just really just shows what a fucking jackass I am I thought pansexual meant that you're attracted to any like living thing so animals included I thought people who do (laughs) who like fuck goats um aka the Greeks um I thought that that puts you in the umbrella of pansexual (laughs) Um, apparently I I don't think it is so there was a a long time ago I used to work uh, at a place won't say the name but I used to work at a place there was a fella who got hired um, who made the mistake of telling a bunch of teenage boys that he was pansexual And us, being a bunch of complete knobs, immediately told everyone there that he fucks animals. (laughs) And he worked there for about two more days. (laughs) Now, I am not saying I'm 100% proud of that. But I can't be blamed for it because I was just ignorant to what it is. So let's see what, what does it mean to be pansexual. Uh, I think I... Okay. According to Google, if you Google, what does pansexual mean? Sexually or romantically attracted to people regardless of their sex or gender. Example, I needed to explore the possibility that maybe I was pansexual. The little blurb from Wikipedia says or is that wikipedia yeah pansexuality is sexual romantic or emotional attraction towards people of all genders or regardless of their sex or gender identity pansexual people might refer to themselves as gender blind asserting that gender and sex are not determining factors in their romantic or sexual attraction to others so uh, forgive me for seeming like an idiot but how is that not being how was that not bisexual how the fuck is pansexual and bi- how is that different? If you're attracted to all genders, isn't that what bisexuality is—being attracted to male, female? Uh, okay, never mind. So pa- uh, so pa- I guess pansexual means like not just male or female, but people who are like non-binary. Oh, holy fuck! I'm gonna have a goddamn nosebleed. <laughs> Look, hey. Wayne Brady, have a fucking have a blast. Do whatever it is. Do whatever it is that you need to do. But holy fuck, I think we all could have went without ever knowing that Wayne Brady is pansexual. No surprise though. All right, next. Okay, so this picture got uh, brought to my attention. Uh, basically, just as a, uh, what do you think of this? So. It is how my husband leaves the cast iron after use. And the picture is a cast iron skillet with just a fuck ton of grease and shit in it. Let me tell you this. If I was the wife of said husband, or husband of said husband, all inclusive, um, inclusivity, uh, that cast iron skillet would be immediately... Would immediately become a evidence of a crime. (laughs) I would have bashed that fucker's brains in with that skillet the second I saw that. I have such a just repulsion to people who leave shit like dirty like this. I I mean, I'll obviously have the picture pulled up. But it is such, it's so fucking disgusting looking. And that's... I know so many people who do shit like this, and it drives me fucking nuts. And whenever they wonder why I'm not eating their food, yeah, well, there's the reason, bitch. Like, now I'm not talking to, I mean, like, I I have to have things so fucking clean if I'm eating out of it because I have this thought that I'm going to accidentally, like, poison myself. (laughs) or like give myself food poisoning or you know from like not cleaning shit so like as soon as i'm done cooking with something immediately getting cleaned like there's no like leaving it on the fucking stove or leaving it somewhere like it is getting fucking scrubbed down a grill getting scrubbed like um, a little bit of this little griddle immediately cleaning it after i'm done like oiling all that shit and like, I know so many people who just, like, as soon as they're done, they just put the shit away, and that's it. And I'm like, how the fuck do you live? <laughs> like, I cannot do this. It's the same thing with, um, like, I will not eat food cooked in a person's kitchen, like, from a person's house, if they have inside dogs or cats. Or really any animal, for that matter. Birds, whatever the fuck dumb shit you have. But if you have an indoor pet, no. I'm not eating a single fucking thing that you cook. <laughs> like it's I mean, one animals aren't supposed to be inside unless you have like fish <laughs> um, or like hell even maybe like a you know a lizard or some shit. But if you have animals that are like free range beasts in your home, your home is a zoo. And I would not eat anything cooked in a fucking penguin exhibit now granted that is a bit of a stretch but it was the only thing I can come up with while I'm also focusing on how fucking bad my back hurts right now <laughs> so forgive me for my you know real shitty metaphors but well it's not really a metaphor is it like as that's simile isn't it ah well Fuck it. So anyways, uh, divorce this son of a bitch. You you could marry better. (laughs) I mean, you could marry somebody that. I mean, I would rather be married to fucking Ted Bundy than be married to somebody who leaves a cast iron skillet looking like this. So there's that. Next. Oh, damn. This is God damn it. (laughs) <laughs> this sucks. Johnny, uh, Johnny Hardwick, the voice of Dale Gribble in King of the Hill, dead at 64. Son of a bitch. God, I, this, this really is tearing me up. Now, let me tell you something. Dale Gribble has been through enough. Uh, he lived one hell of a life. If Alamo beer was a real thing, I'd probably fucking, I'd pour one out for the fella. I mean, first you have you're raising a kid that ain't yours, that is clearly John Redcorn's kid. I mean, your wife is a trifling hoe. Uh, what did he also? I mean, he fucking got rabies from a raccoon. I mean, Dale Gribble had a he had a rough life. So and judging by this picture of Johnny Hardwick, <laughs> um, life imitated art quite well holy fuck Um, but hey rest in peace Dale Gribble pocket sand alright next (laughs) yes I am I'm loving this shit so much Uh, Lizzo has been dropped from Super Bowl halftime show consideration following her sexual assault allegations yes I have not necessarily been a proponent of cancel culture Exact opposite, actually. I don't believe... I, until last week, was highly against cancel culture. Now, I am... Oh, boy, I am a big proponent of canceling people if that person is this piece of shit. So, I did not know that Lizzo was being considered for the Super Bowl halftime show for this coming season, uh, but it is no surprise. They have been purposefully fucking up the halftime show for the past damn near 15 years. And so having her do it is, I mean, of course, of course they were going to have fucking Lizzo go up there and do whatever the fuck it is she does. Which, granted, they could just, you know, take one of the linemen, put him in, in a silver dress, <laughs> and uh no one would be uh it would be none the wiser i'm i mean just such a fucking great thing to happen there's only room in this in my life there's only room for one annoying fat ass and it's me <laughs> so yeah be gone with you uh i am i mean i i have been like fearing the announcement for the halftime, which, I mean, I guess it won't happen until more towards the end of the year. I think they usually start announcing it, like, at around November, December, maybe. I think that's when they announce, like, the Super Bowl halftime show. something like that. And, like, my mind is just flooded with all the horrible, horrible musicians that... Are probably in consideration. I would love to see the list, the list of people who were who are in this like whatever list Lizzo was probably damn near at the top of, um, whatever list that is. I would love to actually see it and see who it is. It's always been a thing uh, for me where I've kind of uh, been under the like. Something that I've always thought I would be perfectly qualified, like, overly qualified for, actually, is to just basically stop bad decisions before they happen for companies. Bud Light could have (laughs) done, Bud Light could be in a much better place (laughs) if they would have consulted with me first. They wouldn't have had uh, Kid Rock shooting their cans. Although, I mean, that shit is fucking hilarious. And. I mean, I don't give a fuck about Bud Light. Bud Light tastes like goddamn kid piss. Shouldn't have put it that. Mm, oh no. Well, whatever. Said what I said. Um. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, I I could definitely be a person who just goes into the board boardroom meeting. And whenever they bring up whatever the fuck it is that they're wanting to do, whatever company, where it's the NFL, who does the halftime show now? The Apple? It's not Pepsi anymore, I don't think. I think it's Apple that does the halftime show. Uh, Which Apple, I mean, good lord. I could definitely fix some of their, but like having, they could definitely benefit from having me come in and just tell them, you are about to make a massive mistake And apparently no one wants to tell you this because nobody wants to be on the wrong side, lose a job. I don't give a fuck. I'll tell you that you were about to do something very stupid. So I would love to see Apple's slash NFL's list of the people that they're considering and just start marking people off. Like, not that one, not that one, not that one. Okay, here's a maybe. Like, how is... Like, there are so many fucking... Like massive people who, I mean, I don't know if they're just getting turned, if they're turning it down. Cause that would make more sense to me. Like if I found out like, like you have people like, like Elton John, how was that? I mean, how was Elton John not done? it? especially after he just made this like giant tour, Elton John, Billy Joel, uh, Metallica, Foo Fighters. Fucking Lenny Kravitz. Have Lenny Kravitz do that. I think he came out from one thing. Have him do the whole fucking thing. Um, there's a lot of people who are like more legendary. If I have Seal come out and do it. Just have him sing goddamn Kiss from a Rose five times in a row. And, you know, with like fans blowing his shirt back. And then have him walk off and be like, all right, back to the game. That would I would much rather have that. I'm just saying, there's a lot of there are a lot of possibilities that wouldn't just immediately fuck up the whole thing, but it's probably going to be like Taylor Swift or some shit, or I don't know, who knows? We'll see. Bucket. All right, moving on. (laughs) Uh oh. Um. So this just this has come out and it's one of those things where you're just like like I know that I've said things in my like younger days that I'm really hoping don't like, you know, surface. <laughs> I mean nothing like crazy. It's not like not like cancelable stuff. Just very embarrassing stuff. Like stuff that would make my... That when I think of in my head makes my fucking skin crawl. Barack Obama just <laughs> put a new fucking ceiling on that. So Barack Obama apparently wrote a letter to his ex a long time ago. In this letter, he said, I make love to men daily, but in the imagination. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, you know, what's crazy is that he wrote this down. It's, I can kind of understand if you let it slip, like talking. If you're just like, oh, you know, living in daily but in my imagination. And it's just like a passing thing and you don't really know. And you're like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have said that. Like he had to actually like put pen to paper and say, I make love to men dot, dot, dot. <laughs> but just in my imagination. <laughs> like. Why, why would you say that to someone? But if he does, hey, you know, is what it is. It's just a weird thing to write. And apparently this, I think this was like in a love letter to this ex. Weird thing to send to a person that you're, you know, it's a weird thing to send to your lover. Say like, oh, hey, just so you know, I, in my ultimate fantasies, you would have a penis. (laughs) it is unfortunate that you are a woman because in my imagination, I'm, I'm basically, I mean, I'm basically doing a human centipede with, you know, the entire starting five of the fucking pistons. (laughs) Like that is, oh man, Barack Obama. Holy fuck, man. I mean, I'll, you know, there is kind of like a rumor that JFK fucked a bunch of dudes. W I think George W. Bush, there's a rumor along those lines as well. Clinton, I think too. I'll tell you that look, Barack Obama's still one of the coolest sons of bitches to ever live. I you know as a president, I don't know. Probably good and bad, I guess. Nowadays, people seem to not be as uh, favorable when they talk about him like they did in you know 2008-2012. Uh, he's still awesome. And I still would love to hang out with him, even if he did try to bang me. And, to be honest, probably wouldn't have to try that hard. <laughs> Barack Obama's fucking... Like, that dude is smooth as shit. I, you know, whatever. Have your fun. Have your fun. All right. I think this is the last one. Um, holy fuck! I'm a hot mom obsessed with my adult daughter. If you date her, you also date me. <laughs> let me tell you. By the looks of them, deal. <laughs> hey, I am. I am. I'll be sure. I'll. I will gladly. Now let me. Now, if. I was ever in this situation somehow, which ain't never going to happen. But if it was as much of a like fantasy as this is for me, I do know that I do know without a doubt that this would end horribly, most likely in a triple murder (laughs) or like a double murder and then suicide. Not by me. I'm going to be the one getting his fucking throat slit at about two in the morning, most likely by the mom who is a fucking psychopath dresses like her daughter, same hair, same. I mean, obviously they kind of look alike because they're fucking, I mean, one came out of the other one, but Oh man, people are fucking weird and it, you know, it needs to be pointed out. That at a certain point, parents need to just stop giving a fuck about their kids. Because this is what happens. Like, I know that people talk about like the, you know, old days, 70s, 80s, whatever. Talk about how bad parenting was. Because parents were not really there. Kids were kind of left up to their own devices. So a lot of fucking kids just went missing (laughs) it was kind of apparently a pretty common thing Uh, I guess more so than it is now I think we were probably better off having having parents just not giving a fuck about their kids than having this happen Uh, you know as fun as it would be for like a week it would get real weird real fast still I'd be into it for the week. Maybe even two. So, I mean, I don't know. If you're both happy, fucking go ahead. But I have a real good feeling that uh, the daughter is not as into this as the mom is. (laughs) Both kind of hot, though. Even the mom. I mean, the mom does sort of look like a sun-dried lizard. But, could be worse. All right. Um, I think I had some videos pulled up as well. Maybe watch a couple of those and then move on. I do have a new, um, topic or not topic. Oh yeah. Topic. Um, not topic. What the fuck is it? Jesus. I swear to God, this fucking thing. I'm losing my fucking mind. Um, Anyways, gonna start introducing a you know a new se- segment. Holy fuck! Introducing a new segment, um, a little uh, hot takes segment. Just mentioning something that I you know I feel like most people would probably disagree with me on, but I'm gonna stand my ground. Um, actually, fuck the videos. Let's just go ahead and do this. Um, so. Without further ado, hot take. So, to kick off the inaugural segment of uh, Cody Tucker's hot takes, there is a director who I think makes incredible movies. In general, what I have found out, which was actually a bit of a surprise to me, Most people do not like this man's movies. And I was flabbergasted to find this out. Um, The person in question, who I am a massive fan of, is one M. Night Shyamalan. To me, M. Night Shyamalan makes some of the greatest movies I've ever seen. Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, Signs, The Village, Lady in the Water, The Happening, uh, okay... The visit, old knock at the cabin. I'm sure I'm leaving off some. Oh, split glass. Okay, I think that was it. I love every one of those movies. Even you know, I'll even say I kind of like the Happening. (laughs) It's got to be one of the dumbest movies ever made, but I still like it. But people who like, I mean, people really do not like his movies. Like i don't understand it i now everybody likes the sixth sense and this seems to be the consensus fuck oh jesus christ what seems to be the consensus is everybody loves the sixth sense but hates damn near everything else that is mind-boggling to me signs was without a doubt one of my favorite movies as a kid I, there have been just a handful of movies. I can probably count on one hand the amount of movies that have kept me up at night with like full-blown damn near night terrors, but for sure like hardcore nightmares. Signs is one of them. I remember renting Signs when it came out uh, with my parents, went to Blockbuster, rented Signs. We all sat sat on the couch, watched it. They fell asleep. Um, this was actually probably like the first movie that I that we ever rented on DVD, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, and, you know, like if you were watching a movie on a VHS, the movie would end and it would just have like blue screen because tape is done. That's it. Or it would like after a little bit just like eject and then nothing. We didn't know that like DVDs, whenever it's over, it goes back to like the main screen. But because I was so little and dumb, I didn't know how to, like, get out of any of that. The home screen (laughs) for the DVD, if I remember this correctly, the home screen of the DVD for Signs was that fucking baby monitor. And every once in a while, it would get, like, real loud, like, with somebody screaming. And I was just laying in the couch, (laughs) fucking shaking at, like, you know, 3 in the morning, just terrified of the sound of this fucking baby monitor and any little sound that, you know, was happening. Oh, boy. That movie got me good. Um, and, yeah, like, if I rewatch, you know... If I rewatch The Village and Signs now, like, it's kind of silly. But not that... Si- it's, it's nowhere near as bad as people fucking make these movies out to be. M. Not Shyamalan, to me... I would probably put, as crazy as this is going to sound to most people, I would probably put M. Night Shyamalan 100% in the top 10 greatest directors of all time. I don't understand why people hate these movies. I just watched Lady in the Water for the first time, I don't know, a month ago? Maybe a little less? And it's like, kind of considered one of his worst movies. At least from what I was reading, because I always like read reviews after I watch a movie, because I'm like, I'm curious if like what I think of this movie is the same as what other people think of this movie. But I try not to ever do that before I watch it, because I don't want it to like affect. I don't want to like already hate a movie because I read bad reviews on it before I even see the fucking thing. So I watched Lady in the Water, and I was like, God damn, this was. A really fucking interesting movie. Like kind of M. Night Shyamalan's version of like f- a fairy tale. Then I go read the reviews <laughs> and the ER. Boy did people have a very different opinion of that movie than I did. And I know it is odd to be reviewing a movie that is like 17 years old. Uh, don't give a fuck. Make your own goddamn podcast. Um, Yeah I love these movies. Every one of them. Like... Knock at the Cabin was fucking good. People seem to shit on that. Old, I thought, was really fucking good. Even though one of the characters is named Mid-Size... Was it Mid-Size Sedan? (laughs) Uh, You know, there's certain things in M. Night Shyamalan movies where you're like... Oh, boy, why is this in there? Like, why did you put that in there? But, regardless, I love these movies. Every one of them. So, fuck it. Like... Yeah, I get it. The plants are killing people. That's dumb. Mark Wahlberg is really bad in this movie. (laughs) I still have seen it at least ten times. And we'll probably, before my day is done, we'll have seen it another ten. Without a doubt. I mean, I've seen Signs over a hundred times. I would say Unbreakable and The Village probably neck and neck for like second most. Um. Which you cannot watch Unbreakable and think that that's a bad movie. Like, even if you're one of those people that, like, shits on M. Night Shyamalan movies. Like, you can't watch that and not be like, God damn, this is a really fucking good movie. And I love twist endings. Which I know most people, like, want to shit on you for liking twist endings. Like, they're like, oh, well, it's just... Well, they go, Like, it's cheap. Not if it's good. And... Fucking the village. Like, people hated that twist ending. There are two twist endings in the village, which people don't really seem to remember. There's the initial twist ending, which is that it's the fucking parents that are the, um, or the elders who are the fucking monsters. And then the other twist ending, which, spoiler alert, um, which, spoiler, this movie came out. What, in 2004? 2005? Damn near 20 years ago. Um, This shit's happening in, like, the early 2000s. Not in 18-fucking-whatever. Um, Way older than that. It's probably, like, 1600s is when this movie's supposed to take place. Regardless, it's fucking awesome. Adrian Brody pretending to be mentally challenged is one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. Like, he is. It's one of the... It is, without a doubt, one of the... Oddest choices. You know. Like. It, it. Whatever. It's awesome. Joaquin Phoenix is in fucking Signs in the Village. He to me. He's definitely my favorite actor alive. Um, uh, definitely in the top three greatest actors of all time. So. It is. The people who show in these movies are just people who want to see it's the same shit with the Woody Allen thing that I brought up the people who like Woody Allen just want to seem like they are smart the people who shit on M. Night Shyamalan are the people who also want to seem like they are way too intelligent way too sophisticated to like M. Night Shyamalan movies I'm not talking about fucking Michael Bay I mean goddamn M. Night Shyamalan's movies are good now if you tell me like oh I like all of them except the happening because um a fern you know killing off (laughs) most of the planet is dumb okay i'm I'm with you on that but to say you don't like his first five movies is ridiculous he has one of the best starting fives ever like hold on let me make sure that's right six cents unbreakable signs the village lady in the water are those the first five I believe that's the first five. That's a that's a pretty damn good starting five. Shit, it's better than Steven Spielberg's starting five. He had 1941 in his starting five, and that's one of the worst goddamn movies ever made. Um, I mean, there's not a lot of people who have a better first five than that. Maybe like Scorsese and Tarantino. And maybe not even Tarantino, because I think Kill Bill is fucking terrible. So, I don't know. I stand by this, but that's why it's a hot take. Because I'm sure I am going to get shredded for <laughs> being a fan of M Night Shyamalan. But I don't care. M Night, you are a goddamn fucking badass. All right. So, end of that one. So now to the uh, where that come from segment. So, gonna talk about a phrase that originated a long 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 time ago so a long time ago when it really sucked to be alive (laughs) like we are actually as much as i like to shit on how things are now this is the best time to be alive without a doubt it's even the best time to be fucking broke like being destitute today is so much better than being destitute a long time ago And this is a prime example. So, a long, long time ago, uh, people who were just super, super deep into poverty would sell basically anything they could to make a little uh, extra screech. Um, Like, whatever they could get to get a little, you know, a little change in the pocket. Uh, One thing so coinciding with this time there was also you know tanners people making leather and these people who made leather needed ammonia and uric acid the best way to get your hands on some ammonia and uric acid is through piss because that is where both of those ingredients are found in uh you know plentiful amount in your urine there's a shitload of ammonia and a shitload of uric acid. And they would use them to like help strip the fat off of, you know, the skin to make leather. So, people who were super broke would piss into these little buckets and go sell it to the leather-making people. So, they'd piss in a bucket, go sell it, make a little extra change. The because they were doing that, selling their own urine, it was called being piss poor. So, when people say, oh yeah, he's that fucker's piss poor, that's what they're talking about. That's where that comes from. And, a little step further, the people who were so broke that they didn't even have the bucket or pot, they were so broke that they don't have a pot to piss in. So, there you go. Interesting lesson. Where'd that come from? Time for a little half ass history. First person that we're going to talk about is the least known person in one of the most well known bands of all time. <laughs> so the band is the Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones, I mean, you could go down a endless rabbit hole of crazy stories involving the members of the Rolling Stones. I mean, Keith Richards snorted his dad's ashes. Mick Jagger got caught eating a fucking Mars bar out of Marianne Faithful's uh hoo-ha most likely was eating a butterfinger out of David Bowie's ass. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of crazy shit about the Rolling Stones lived in Paris or lived in like uh, some Island. So they didn't have to pay taxes. Rolling Stones were doing wild stuff back in the day. But, the one of the more bizarre stories involving the Rolling Stones involves the bass player. The original, the original long-time uh, long bass player for the Rolling Stones. Uh, the bass player, Bill Wyman. So, Bill Wyman, uh, when he was 47, married an 18-year-old named Mandy Smith. Now... When they started their relationship, she was not 18. She was 13, and he was 42. <laughs> so, yeah, that's not good. Um, but he did do it with her parents' permission, so I guess that makes it all right. Um, so they end up like having this long, decently long relationship before they're married. So five years before they're married, from the ripe old age of 13 to 18, they get married. And they're only married for one year. Uh, apparently, she just—I don't know—she just got a little too old for him. <laughs> so whenever they're, whenever he's forty-eight and she's nineteen, they split up. Then, Bill Wyman's thirty-year-old son Stephen, who had met Mandy's mother, ends up marrying Mandy's forty-six-year-old mom. So now, hold on. Let's unravel this for a second. So you got Bill Wyman. He's in his late 40s. He's married to Mandy Smith. Young as fuck. 18 years old. Bill Wyman's son, 30 years old, marries Mandy Smith's 46-year-old mom. So, you know, the old uh, Arkansas switcheroo. Had Bill and Mandy stayed together while Bill's son and Mandy's mom were married. Bill would have, so Steven would have technically been his own grandfather. <laughs> Boy, that is a, that is a weird, I mean, that is some shit that, I mean, is actually probably pretty common in my uh, neck of the woods. <laughs> but I actually in all the white trash circles that I've, you know, been familiar with, I've never heard of anything like this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you might have, you know, accidentally uh, you know, you might have rubbed up against a second cousin at a family reunion once or twice, but never something this crazy. Holy shit. So, there's the story of the base player for the Rolling Stones, Bill Wyman, doing just a... I mean, being a real fucking creep. I mean, just the first part of that story is already gross as shit. But, hey. I mean, Jimmy Page was banging a 14-year-old. David Bowie was banging the same 14-year-old. And I think Mick Jagger was even in on it. So, a lot of creepy shit going on back in the day. Still is today, but, you know. Alright, so the next story... Going back a wee bit further, it is the night that horror basically was invented. So there was a guy back in the early 1800s, a fellow named Lord Byron. Lord Byron was a poet kind of considered to be the first celebrity, like what the modern version of a celebrity is. Like his wife even started calling his fame Byromania. (laughs) <laughs> Which is hilarious. Hulkamania. Before there was Hulkamania, there was Byromania. Um, so Lord Byron was just massively famous. And a... I mean, Lord Byron was also a fucking wild man. Um, Like... A bit of a psychopath in a lot of ways, uh, collected human skulls, made dr- like cups that he would drink of out of actual human skulls. I mean, just banging his way around, uh, you know, the English countryside. Lord Byron was a, uh, yeah, a wild card. So Lord Byron was friends with a guy named Percy Shelley. Uh, Percy Shelley, who was married to a woman named Mary Shelley. They also had a friend named John Pellidori. All of them were invited by Lord Byron to go stay at this chateau uh, for like a week. While they stayed while they're staying in this chateau, it gets stormed in to where they can't leave. So Lord Byron ends up kind of wanting to like make some kind of fun out of it uh, and make some sort of game to see where everybody kind of goes their separate ways throughout the Chateau and writes the scariest story that they can come up with in that night. And then they're going to come back, meet up, read the stories to each other, see who wins. So John Polidori, he goes and he ends up writing the story called, which ends up being called the vampire. And it is, or vampire. It is basically the precursor to Dracula. Like, he, in this night, invents the modern version of the, you know, Dracula-esque like, vampire character. Mary Shelley, who, by the way, is a total freak. Mary Shelley lost her virginity on top of her own mother's grave. So, yeah, <laughs> Mary Shelley is a... Also a fucking wild one. So Mary Shelley ends up going and writing her story. So Mary Shelley at this time had just lost a baby and kept having these nightmares that the baby was basically like rising up from the dead. Um, and like the idea of like her wanting to like bring the baby back to life. So Mary Shelley ends up writing the story um, about a reanimating corpse That became Frankenstein. So in this one night. The original version of Dracula. And Frankenstein. Were written. Same night. Same place. All because of a game. That Lord Byron. uh, Brought to their. Like brought up for them to do. Fucking wild. Alright. Last one. Boy this is a. This is an interesting one. And I will preface this by saying this is all kind of – this isn't necessarily fact, (laughs) which I know I add in a – I mean, I guess the same could be said for a lot of the shit that I talk about in this segment. But this one is one that is most likely true, and if it is – is fucking crazy. But all... I mean, all... Uh, points... I mean, all... um Holy fuck. Everything points to this being true. So... Take from that what you will. So... There is allegedly this idea that Paula Abdul faked being in a plane crash. So... <laughs> Which is, boy, that is probably not the sentence you thought you you were going to hear me say. So in 1992, according to Paula, this is all according to Paula Abdul. In 1992, she was on tour, flying from St. Louis to Detroit. Somewhere along the way, that plane crashed into a cornfield in Iowa. Said plane crash left her partially paralyzed, and she had to have 15 spinal surgeries. That's, that is her side of the story is that like the engine blew up, they fucking crash uh, into this cornfield. The, and so everybody was like, holy shit, Paula Abdul almost died in a plane crash when she starts talking about this. The thing is, so she starts talking about this way later. She's not talking about this in 1992. Paula Abdul starts bringing this up like quite a bit later. When people go back and look, they find that when this supposed plane crash happened, she was still touring just a couple days later. And there's really no record of there ever being this plane crash. (laughs) There's no one who has corroborated her story. Um, It's all just kind of her saying, I was in a plane crash, or however she talks. What most people think is that because Paula Abdul kind of just dropped off from, you know, the limelight uh, at around this time and then reemerged when American Idol kicked off, like there was a huge gap where Paula Abdul was kind of like not around. So what most people think is that Paula Abdul was actually dealing with, you know, some issues of her own. And was in rehab. And kind of in and out of rehab. Just trying to like. Deal with shit. And the plane crash story. Was invented by Paula Abdul. To give her like a real reason. As to why her career tangent. Was that she had all these back problems. And that that would explain why. Um, why she was having like some like. Drug and alcohol problems. Um. Yeah. This didn't happen. She was never in a plane crash. <laughs> Paula Abdul has been lying about being in a plane crash for a long time. Like when they go, look, I mean, there's no, and like, there's like no timeline where this could have even happened. No one on the plane, which she was not. I mean, she wasn't flying the fucking plane. There's no one who was on this plane who said, Oh yeah, yeah, we were in a plane crash. Paula Abdul got partially paralyzed. And had to have 15 spinal surgeries. No one has ever said that, but her. Now, granted, Paul Abdul is also the same person who on live television thought a person was singing two completely different songs, but they were just singing one. (laughs) So take from this what you will. I just find it highly interesting that no one really like ever talks about this. Like I've never heard anyone really talk about it. That Paul Abdul has been lying about being in a plane crash. For a long time. (laughs) So. You know. I'll leave you with that one. Think of it what you will. Do your own fucking research. If you don't believe me. I don't care. Um, That'll be the end of uh, the episode. So. Until next time. Goodbye.